0: Morning everyone, it is such a privilege to be with you uh, today and just a a quick one, over the past few weeks uh, we've been talking and I I don't know if you remember but before COVID uh, those of you who would have come and joined us at at Gateway Hall in the past where we used to be, I I would have often in notices and you probably got annoyed, the people who've been at church for a long time got so frustrated with me for saying it but I was always saying what's your next step? So I'd get up and I'd say, what's your next step? If you're exploring faith and you, you honor Christ for all yet, keep exploring. Uh, once you've given your life to Christ and uh, he's king of your heart, then w- w- what's your next step? Okay, I'm going to start reading the Bible. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to join a small group. And I used to say this over and over and over again. And I must confess, we kind of dropped the ball since we went more into smaller groups and into digital. But I just want to encourage you right now, and we're going to start doing it more and more, of just what's your next step so we may be in a bit of lockdown we may not be meeting in, in sort of larger gatherings uh, or in people's homes but what's your next step of faith along the journey of faith how are you growing in your faith it may be is going uh, i i need some prayer and you're a person who never ever asked for prayer uh, or never asked for help and maybe it's you getting in touch with the office or a friend and saying hey i'd love you to pray with me maybe you don't read your bible And if you're honest, you can't remember the last time you picked it up. Well, maybe it's time for you to download the YouVersion Bible app uh, to get a reading plan going and do that. Maybe you've never been baptized and you, you sort of go, but I really feel it's time. Well, awesome. We can make that happen. But the bottom line is, what is your next step? We want to help you with that. So we are in a series called The Church Are You In? basically the church, do you care about it and are you part of it? We want to unpack everything about God's church and then right towards the end we're going to look at what do we think God is saying to us as Harvest about the way forward. So Ian started off with the nature of the church. Basically What is it? What actually is the church? We talk about it all the time, but what is it? And then Trevor spoke last week about the functions of the church, the sort of how of the church. What does it practically look like? What are the actions that make it up? And today, I'm going to explore the mission of the church. What is God's purpose for the church? What is it he wants to accomplish through the church? And so I'd love us to pray and we're going to dive into it, and uh, you're going to find out what this little illustration is going to be all about soon so let's pray together heavenly father i want to thank you for the privilege of being able to be together we're digital we're online some of us are meeting together in homes but we're meeting with you and i pray that as i shared in the next steps but that wherever we are on the journey of faith i pray that we would take a next step today that we would move forward in our faith today and I pray that we would become more and more the church that you want us to be as we go through today and go through the series in your powerful name we pray amen amen brilliant well Jesus laid out the mission for the church pretty clearly in his final words to his closest friends he was about to head back to heaven and he was talking to them and he laid out his heart for them. So we're going to read together. If you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to turn to Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. And uh, if you don't have a paper Bible, I want to encourage you to get one. I love having my Bible on digital. I love having different translations on digital, but there's something special as well about having a real Bible to write in, to make notes, to scribble on. So if you don't have a Bible, get in touch with the office. We'll, we'll let you know how to get one, but otherwise let's read this together. So right at the end of Matthew, And verse 18, and Jesus came and he said to them, his closest friends, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And then he has this awesome promise, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So that was Jesus's words. And uh, there is so much that we can uh, think on and take from there. And I want to then quickly jump across to Acts in the Bible, where this is now the early church Jesus has left. He's gone back to heaven. Uh, The the Holy Spirit has come and encouraged and given the disciples boldness. And now they're starting to spread the gospel where they are. And Acts is the early description of that. And we're going to look at Paul, who founded and planted many churches, and look at his Uh, description or the description of what he did which gives us a further picture of what Jesus was saying so in Acts 14 verses uh, 21 to 23 uh, him and some friends have been sent out by the church to different places that don't know Jesus and look at what it says over here Uh, verse Acts 14 verse 21 when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples Notice what Jesus said, go and make disciples. So they've gone out, they have preached the gospel, Uh, they've made many disciples. They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. And as they did this, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. When they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So you have this picture of Jesus sharing it, and then you have this picture of it practically happening uh, with uh, Paul and the early church to give us a great picture of the mission of the church. Now, there's much that we could focus on when it comes to the mission of the church. There's many things that God has called us to do. But ultimately, the goal of the church, the mission of the church is to glorify God, to magnify him, to make him famous, to see him receive glory and honor for the God that he is. And that's done by more and more people worshiping him so the way that god gets more glory and more honor for the great king that he is is that more and more people recognize him as that and that is the mission of the church but how does that happen how does it happen that god gets more glory and more honor and is made famous throughout the earth well that happens by disciples being made which is what jesus was asking go and make disciples make followers of me so that god gets the glory but now in order for disciples to be made obviously people have to hear the gospel they have to hear the good news of jesus otherwise they're never going to become followers of him and so we can add that the mission of the church is to glorify god ultimate purpose and mission to glorify god by making disciples but before we get to making disciples it's proclaiming um, the gospel it's sharing the gospel so we glorify god The next step before people become disciples is they have to hear. So we proclaim the gospel, we share the gospel and make disciples. So those glorify God, proclaim or share the good news of Jesus Christ, make disciples as a result. And if we were to add, that the natural overflow of making disciples, the collective of disciples, followers of Jesus, getting together, being baptized, being taught as I shared in those two passages, we could say the mission of the church is to glorify God By proclaiming or sharing the good news and making disciples of all nations whilst also strengthening the church. So you see we've got these three legs. We all want to glorify God and then the three different parts of the mission of the church is share the good news, make disciples, strengthen the church. So we've got those three that come together. Now I've got this little stool here. I'm going to do a quick example of it. Now I don't know if any of you were as naughty as I was at school, but this is what we used to do. And if we were all together collectively, I reckon that I would get a big show of hands. But if I was to just ask, and you could put it in the comments after you've watched this, um, how many of you used to swing on your chairs at school? And uh, I want you to tell the honest truth. Uh, put it down in the comments. Put it anywhere to say yes, I did. I promise, uh, I won't get angry with you. But we used to do this. Now obviously there would be a desk in front of us, and even if the teacher was exciting to listen to, frankly, school chairs were incredibly uncomfortable to sit on. So what we would do is naturally, we would have our hands on the desk, and you start leaning back like this. It was thankfully four. You see, I'm actually quite impressive. I'm doing this on 3D, eh? So you guys need to, uh, need to get your act together. Anyway, we used to uh, hang, hang out like this, and then the goal was, I'll do it by leaning back on this, is we'd obviously try and balance perfectly without holding on to anything, like this. Now, the problem is, is we would obviously do this, and then suddenly what would happen is either you would lose your balance going forward or lose your balance going backwards. And for me, I had many friends who would all be sitting, listening or doing some work. And suddenly you hear this massive crash and someone's bailed over backwards and their desk is to the side and their chairs to the side. They've got a sore head. Why? Because they were leaning and balancing on two legs and suddenly they lost footing and it crashed. And obviously, being the kind person that I am, I only laughed at them when I knew that they were okay. That's what I did. But I wanna hear who actually used to do this as well because this was the goal of ours uh, at school was to see how long we could balance for on two legs of the chair. Now, you've gotta be wondering, why did I possibly share this? What was the point? Well, the bottom line is, is that a chair in its normal form of what it's used to, and I'll just move this to the back quickly, is used to sit on its four legs, right? Not on two, hence the reason why you fall if you happen to be on two for a period of time a chair works best in accomplishing its mission of holding someone on top of it of holding me on top of it when it's used correctly on all legs now why do i share this well when it comes to the church of jesus christ when it comes to making much of jesus and glorifying god the church being a shining beacon of light for god's kingdom on earth the best way for that to happen is when it's sitting on the three legs that I've just shared. When it's sitting on the leg of proclaiming the gospel, the next leg of making disciples and the final leg of strengthening the church. When it's sitting on all of those, when the church is sitting on top of this, then it's stable, then it's firm, then it's secure and then it magnifies God and it shines as it's supposed to. Um, rather than which we'll talk about a bit later, the church trying to hold itself up and shine for Jesus, but balancing on two legs or balancing on one leg, then we're setting the church up for disaster. We're setting it up to fall, crash, and not accomplish the mission that it was set out to accomplish. Sure, it might be possible to be the church for a short period, but sliding off, causing damage, and not operating as we should is inevitable without resting firmly on three legs as we should. So let's look at those three elements of the mission of the church. So firstly, sharing the gospel. One leg, sharing the gospel, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. How can someone come to faith if we don't share the good news of Jesus? It's impossible. Now obviously, this happens in messages like this. Maybe you are listening right now and you don't know Jesus. Someone sent you the link. You're exploring faith well right now you're hearing the good news of Jesus you're hearing that Jesus paid the price for your sin on the cross so that if you receive him if you accept that you become a child of God and heaven becomes home for you so you're hearing the gospel right now it might be in small groups but I actually believe the way that people hear the gospel most often is one-on-one you see we're not all called to be Paul There in Acts, he was off with his friends out on mission trips to new places that had never heard the gospel. Although if you are feeling that, please chat to us. We're passionate about seeing the gospel come to places where people have never heard about Jesus. And so if you have that on your heart and God's placing that on your heart, chat to us. We would love to send you out and release you to nations and places where God is calling you to. But in whatever place you or I find ourselves, we are called to share the good news of Jesus. We won't necessarily shout this from the street corner every single day, but God wants us to actively look for opportunities to share our faith. And everyone's going to have a different way of telling what Jesus has done for them. You know, sharing our faith, yes, sometimes it's just sharing abstract, this is what Jesus did, but the most powerful way to share your faith is to explain what he's done in your life. That's called testimony. It's sharing the good news of Jesus. And I can guarantee you that when you share what God's done in your heart, people will want to know. There's no hard and fast rule of how you share the good news of Jesus, but it has to be spoken. There's this phrase that says, preach the gospel, if necessary, use words, i.e. love people, care for people, do good things, and, and, and people will come to know Jesus. Now, there's an element to that we'll talk about that a bit later but the bottom line is we can't use that as an excuse to not share what Jesus has done in our hearts it's going to take courage it's going to take faith but we have to speak it's the spoken word of God that we need to share now I believe in Acts due to persecution the churches would have been primarily underground so at times it was allowed in certain cities but a lot of it was underground church it was under persecution it wasn't in the open so the gospel moved from Friend to friend, you would be someone would be a carpenter or someone would be uh, at collecting fruit and vegetables, and you would say, Hey, by the way, can I tell you that, that Jesus changed my heart? That he's transformed me? Can I tell you about this God? Can I tell you about him? And you would be sharing this, and that person would come to faith. You'd pray with them, they'd come to faith, and then what you would say to them is, You say, Hey, do you know what? We're actually meeting at Mike's house down the road tomorrow night. Five o'clock, you go down this pathway, you go down this pathway, we go underground, we meet with the animals, no one can know about it, but you're welcome, you're now part of the family. That's how the gospel would move. So it wouldn't necessarily people come to faith in a church service, they might, but I think it was a lot more one-on-one. That's a great model for us to be following today. Now, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ means we're sharing the great news of Jesus saving us from our sin. So we will share it full of love for the lost and broken. Because if we understand that Jesus has saved us, we were destined for hell, he saved us out of love, it means that we should look out on the world and look out on society, no matter how bad it is. Think of what's happening in South Africa at the moment. Think about uh, the devastation that we've seen in Zimbabwe in the past. We need to look with God's heart and his eyes of love over the lost and broken living in darkness. And so this means that we'll care deeply about society, about our neighborhoods, about our cities, and we'll show God's love through what we do. Been amazing in South Africa to just see churches getting stuck in and helping tidy up malls and tidy up roads. That's amazing. It's showing that as the church we care about the city, we want to see life improve for people. But, and this is really important: the gospel, the good news of Jesus always needs to be our primary focus. You see, it's very easy for the mission of the church to become blurred when it comes to these areas. You see. If we focus only on doing good and we kind of push the gospel to the side, it means that we can reduce the gospel to nothing more than, or the mission of the church to nothing more than us kind of be philanthropists, do-gooders. We do good in the world as the church. And yes, we must do good in the world. But if that is more important to us, is that if that is more front end than telling people the truth of the gospel, then we're missing out on the mission of the church. And then on the other side, if we preach the gospel, but frankly, we don't really care about people. We don't care about our neighborhoods. We don't care about our city. Then we come people who aren't really loving. We don't have the love of Christ. We don't care about the darkness in the world. And that's also a huge problem. So the gospel must be preached with love, but it has to be preached. We can't minimize the mission of the church to just doing good in the world, to making it a better place, like the Michael Jackson song. In this, pr- in this process, areas may become better. We want them to be better as a church. We wanna be involved in what Tiense and Deirdre are doing in Chigutu and making Chigutu a better place. We wanna help with the orphanage crisis. We wanna care for the poor. We wanna see people stand on their own two feet. But even more than that, we care about them knowing Jesus. As Christ followers, when it comes to the mission of the church, people knowing Christ has to be primary. And that was exactly the mission of Jesus. Look at Jesus coming to earth. He brought healing to people, he provided, but that wasn't primary for him. He did that to show the kingdom of God was in our midst, but that wasn't his primary focus. Healing wasn't his primary focus. Providing for people wasn't his primary focus. His primary focus was to show them that they needed life to show them they needed eternal life, to show them they needed to be set free from their sins for all eternity. He was after the hearts of men and to point them to the perfect world to come, because this world is never gonna be perfect. So our good deeds must point people towards Christ. Our greatest priority is people's hearts being changed for all eternity. That's the first leg, proclaiming the gospel. Second leg, make disciples. Disciples is a big word for being students, for being followers. Now this comes about after we've shared the good news of Jesus and people have come to faith. This is helping someone come, b- turn from being a believer to being an imitator. See that process, someone who believes in Jesus to take them on a journey so they actually look like Jesus. It's walking a journey with someone. This is personal spiritual growth and there's going to be bumps along the way. All of us have sin in our lives so it's not going to be some plain sailing relationship we have with people but... Our focus is Christ and being like him in every way. Now, do you notice that this won't happen by accident? If we go back to those passages, Matthew 28, Jesus says to his disciples, go and make disciples. Paul talks to the people in Acts what's being shared, and it says they proclaim the good news and they made disciples. So the disciples were created. It didn't just come about. Jesus changes hearts, supernatural, and then disciples comes through active perseverance through making So those who are mature in faith help others who are less mature and then this amazing chain reaction of faith happens. So imagine if you've got people here who have just come to faith then they are being helped by people who are further along in their faith. These people are being helped by these people who are even further along in their faith and so on and it's this awesome collective growth further along in our faith. So if you're living in isolation as a Christ follower you're never gonna grow in the disciple that God's called you to. We, we become uh, who God called us to be in the presence of others, iron sharpening iron. So you need to be helping people in their faith. You need to be being helped by other people in your faith. And so we grow, but it doesn't happen by accident. And there's also essential parts to this. You notice how Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So there's some essential steps. We give our lives to Christ. We start learning how to talk to him. We learn how to read our Bible. We get baptized. That's an essential element of our faith. It says they're teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. So there's a teaching process. There's a learning process for each of us. We start to change our lifestyles. We don't look the same as where we did then because we come to faith and we have a problem with drunkenness or we drink a lot or we are living with with a partner. And then we come to faith and we realize, oh my goodness, actually Jesus teaches something different with other people's help, and with God's help, I'm going to change my life, I'm going to stop living with people and get married, I'm going to um, stop uh, drinking and drunkenness, and I'm going to move away from it, and as the Bible says, get drunk on the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm, my life, I, I used to swear, I had racial, racial tendencies, and now with God's help, I'm becoming more like Jesus, that's the process of being a disciple, and then it says there, uh, Paul said, we, we told them about the trials that they were going to face uh he says there in uh, i think it was um 20 um 23 at uh, end of 22 he says and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of god so he says the reality of being a disciple of christ is that you're going to face persecution life is not going to be easy and in fact that's one of the key ways that uh you should see teaching The gospel of Christ and Christ follows differs from the rest of society so society is after earthly success and it's after generating big bank accounts and the easy life and we need to just ensure that what we're listening to in the gospel we're hearing isn't identical to that because it wasn't in scripture so Jesus teaches it's everything for me at all costs and if you start to hear teaching in your faith it starts to say no you can get Jesus but you can have everything else the world's after a problem because Jesus never taught that. So making disciples and being made into a disciple is not an easy thing, but it's thrilling. And it's so exciting to see God changing our hearts personally and others as well. So that's the second one. Proclaim the gospel to stand strong. Next one over here is to make disciples, final one to strengthen churches. This is the gathering of the saints and it's the natural overflow of coming to know Jesus and becoming disciples. You wanna spend time with people who believe the same. You want to learn about Jesus together. It's the same as if you love a certain sports team or have the same interest, fishing or something like that. You spend time with other people who also enjoy that. Why? Because there's mutual things to talk about and there's a mutual passion. Should be the same as Christ followers. We want to spend time together with people who think and believe the same. Friends, you can't be a Christ follower and not love God's church. It's impossible. You may not like a certain style of church. That's okay. We all have different preferences. Or you may have been hurt by a specific church. I understand that. People have experienced incredible pain. But you can never be a Christ follower and not love God's church. That's impossible. We have to love His church because He created us for His church. Naturally, as people join together, there'll be those with certain gifts who pop up. And God wants us to use our gifts to further help and serve each other. So you see Paul there, he talks about the fact of we appointed elders, we prayed together, we fasted. Elders are overseers, they're leaders, people with a leadership gift to be able to help care for disciples adequately and be the best light we can in the world. And so this involves teaching the scriptures faithfully, caring for the poor, fighting injustice, establishing kingdom outposts here, balanced properly, shining as to what the church is supposed to be glorifying God providing financial support where it's needed and continuing to advance the gospel so we strengthen the church that's the other leg of the mission of God so those are three legs as we get towards the end I just want to say what will make the church weak what will it be like if the church is balancing scarily on two legs or even more scarily on one what, what does that look like and how can we make sure that we don't look like that as Harvest and as the church at large? Well, think about it like this. Imagine if you only balance on the one leg of proclaiming the gospel, of preaching the gospel. So if we go like this, but we're not really good at making disciples as a church and we're not really good at strengthening the church and looking like the church that God wants us to be, well, we're gonna have people coming to faith. People are gonna become Christ followers. But really quickly, they are going to fall in their faith. They're going to fall away. Why is that going to happen? Well, it's because they're going to become disillusioned. They're not going to learn or grow. They're not going to deal with sin in their lives as disciples. People will uh, hear incorrect doctrine. They won't hear the Bible taught properly because of the fact that the church leadership structures aren't in place properly. And so that ultimately, the church is going to fall if it only focuses on reaching the lost it's going to fall what happens if we're super focused on making disciples so we are passionate about making disciples about growing in our faith together but we're not really good or don't focus at all on reaching people who don't know jesus or on strengthening the church what's going to happen in that process well it's pretty simple we're going to be a church where everyone's serving everyone's reading their bibles everyone's committed to church and to 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 being involved in church and growing but we're going to be pretty inward looking We're not going to be interested in outsiders. We're not going to be interested in people who don't know Jesus because all we care about is our little clique. We're going to be focused on our little clique. And what is going to happen is if we undermine leadership structures and strengthen the church, we're going to be prone to being busybodies. We're going to be prone to taking over the leadership role ourselves because, well, there's not really anyone else leading or there isn't really any structure. So our services could sort of get chaotic and and not biblical because things aren't being led or run properly. That's also going to be a problem finally what happens if the third place all that we care about is the church and the church structure and strengthening the church well what's going to happen in that process is we are going to care massively about what the church looks like in its structure who the leaders are following the leaders who has the gift and and only following the person with the gift and making sure everything runs slick and is is perfect and the church operates in perfection that's what we're going to care about but what's going to happen in that process well Frankly, people are not going to grow in their faith because they're not going to be used in their gifting. They're not going to be part of the body because all that we care about is a few key people. So disciples aren't going to be made. People are going to be pure warmers. We're going to come and sit and we're going to listen and we're going to watch. We're not going to grow in our own faith personally. And then we're not really going to care about the outsiders because we're so focused on our church structures that we're not looking out to other people. We're not going into places of darkness because no, it's all about the church. It's all about our church building and how that operates. So do you see the danger of how this comes to pass? We wanna be firm. So our mission is absolutely clear. Our mission is to magnify God, to glorify God, to shine brightly for God. How does that happen? Through proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, and strengthening the local church. And that's my prayer for us as harvest as I close, that we would magnify Jesus, that we would make him famous, that we would be a bright beacon of hope to the world a kingdom outpost for the world that we would stand firmly on these three legs of the mission of the church that makes us as a church secure it makes us firm and it makes us able to have the greatest possible impact for Jesus in the short time that we have on earth so let's pray for us as a church and as harvest that God would help us achieve his mission let's pray together heavenly father I want to thank you for your great and beautiful glorious church which is made up of us disciples christ followers i want to thank you for your mission jesus it's to magnify you god to make you famous in all the earth and that happens through sharing the good news through making disciples and through nurturing and strengthening the local church heavenly father i pray as harvest that you would help us to do that, that we would be strong as a church, that we would be founded so strongly on those, those three things, that we would be a beacon of light in Harare, in Zimbabwe and beyond. I pray for each person listening, people maybe even in the service have given your life to Christ. If you have, please come and chat to us. Maybe you're sitting going, sheesh, I, I'm not really involved, but I wanna be, I wanna take a next step. Father, please uh, help us in that process as well. And, and you can step forward and say, hey, where can I be involved? But ultimately, Lord Jesus, help us to be your church on earth. Help us to shine brightly for you. And as a result, for you to be made much of. In your great name we pray, amen. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, What a privilege to be together. I pray that you have a great Sunday. Definitely let us know if you used to swing on your chairs as well uh, or on your, your stools as well as a student or even if you do now. I don't mind saying that, but I trust this is a great picture To show of what God wants us to be as a church and the mission of the church. So have a great Sunday and let's be God's church this week ahead. Have a great day. Cheers for now.